Our fight to eradicate corruption, maladministration, unethical leaders, and the abuse of taxpayers' money by those in power continues. It's fresh, it's fearless, and focused. The Outer Hour, where your voice matters. Good evening and welcome to the Outer Hour. Welcome back if you're a regular viewer, if you're a first-time viewer. Welcome to the Outer Hour, the show that deals with maladministration and corruption and the hard-hitting issues that affect our country. Active citizens unite and join around their laptops, tablets, computers every Wednesday at 7 o'clock so that we can join the Outer team and find out what they're up to. What's the latest? Tonight, we will be discussing former President Jacob Zuma's Zondo Commission walkout. We'll be chatting with Stefani Fick and Wayne Duvenage, the CEO of Outer, and asking questions like, does former President Zuma's actions, and Dudumieni's for that matter, really matter? Why didn't Judge Zondo issue a warrant of arrest? Stefani will help us out with that question. And where to from here for the Commission, especially when others start to defy its calls to attend hearings? We'll also bring you an update on the Central Energy Fund judgment. We've been dealing with that a number of times on the show recently. Uh, and the judgment was delivered on the 20th of November. We'll find out what that outcome is. We'll find out whether Aute is happy with that. We'll also take a look at after the judgment was granted, what did the previous CEO and minister do? And we'll kick off the show with a discussion with Stefani Fick and Faisal David's legal project manager at Outer, uh, and talk about the latest on the Dudumieni case and the appeals and what's been happening in court. Things like, what does a warrant of execution mean and what does it mean in the context of the case? Well, Stefani will unwrap that for us tonight uh, and also bring us details on the and, and an update on the Central Energy Fund judgment. That's another one we've been dealing with. I think I just mentioned that, actually. <laughs> but we'll be dealing with that on the show this evening. So there's plenty to talk about, plenty to deal with. We're not going to run out of uh, topics. Looks like we're not going to run out of corrupt activities. But we're not nicely and, most importantly, not going to run out of active citizens. Okay, let's say hello to the team. I see Stefani's on mute, so we'll ask her to unmute quickly. And there they are. First up, ladies first tonight. Hello, Stefani, everyone's favorite activist. I mean, advocate and activist, I suppose. How are you, Stefani? Are you well? <laughs> That's the best thing to be, an activist advocate. Thank you very much. Well, how's My it, pleasure. Norman, how's it, Tom? Um, everybody looking good tonight? Looking forward to, to the conversation. And CEO of Outer, Wayne Divinage, captain at the helm of the ship. How are you, Wayne? I'm strong. Hey, we've had some good uh, good things happening. Lots, a lot is unfolding right now. I think this is a good place for activism. Well, can't wait to catch up with the latest with you during the show. And then Faisal David's no stranger to the outer hour. How's it, Faisal? How are you? Good evening, Tom. Um, good to be on the show and good evening to all the viewers. Right, we'll be catching up with Faisal, Stefani and Wayne in just a moment, but it is customary on the show to do that South African thing we do. We say how's it to each other. Dumelang, Sunny Bonan. Namaste. Bonjour, bon dia, good evening, and my favorite, how's it? You know, when you come from Springs, that's, that's the word, isn't it? Uh, we normally take a look at the comments and see who's up first, who the first-time viewers are. If you're a first-time viewer, pop first time in there. Wherever you're from, 
Pop it in there so that we know where you're watching from. Some people watch from as far afield as Israel and United States, United Kingdom, you name it. From all over the world and all over South Africa, people join us live for the show and thousands watch in the week after. Okay, first up tonight is Sharish Sony, who says good evening. Hello, Sharish. Nice to see you there. Devotion Mudli, another regular outer viewer. Hi, Devotion. Nice to see your name on the screen and good evening to you. Uh, outer, uh, the account has been handled by Samantha Van Nispen and Iva Cleary. And this show is produced by Benele Sinatla. So when you see Outer commenting in the comment section, you know that that's Sam and Iva. Tony Peterson says, good evening, Tom and all the Altarians. Hi, Tony. Nice to have you on board. Judy van Gilsvijk, all the regular names and regular viewers and supporters of the show popping up tonight. Good evening, all, says Judy. Richard Perfect says, hello to you all. Leonard Haynes says, good evening, Outer. Hello, Leonard. Thank you for joining us. John Oscar says, hi, all. Looking forward to another good hour of positive thoughts. Uh, Nicola Jane Good says, good evening, Alta and Tom. Hello, Nicola. Nice to see you there. Jeff P. Scott. Evening, Router Alta. Uh, Michael John Billsbury from Port Elizabeth. Michael always represents Port Elizabeth so well. So good evening, Port Elizabeth, and hello to Michael. Thank you for joining us, Michael John Billsbury. Desmond Booth says good evening all. Uh, Leonard Hain is on board. Already started commenting. It's nice to see Rudy Heineke. Well, you know Rudy. Rudy's on on uh, every couple of weeks or so, giving us updates on Zondo Commission. It's nice to see Rudy there. You can chat to Rudy in the comment section. Ben Charles Fraser says good evening from the East Rand. Ah, oh, yeah, East Rand represented tonight uh where northern cape katu really leonard thank you for joining us out of the northern cape now did you have a hot day by the way this time of the year the northern cape uh, warms up doesn't it uh ridwan molete teletis radipolane is on board hello ridwan out of kronstadt nice to see kronstadt on board tonight leonard van der leitgarden is on board clive graham beckett wants to know when jacob zuma gets arrested stay tuned uh, uh, clive we're going to be chatting about that issue barry stevens from the underberg and more will join us as we make our way through the hour remember like and share this program and get it out to as many people as possible and while i'm thinking of things to do we call it housekeeping in radio forgive me for just a second while i get my outer mask ready if you haven't bought one yet shame on you you need to go to shop.outer.coza and get your mask that you can wear on orange mask fridays here it is if you haven't seen it yet let me hold it up to the camera lock down corruption with orange overalls and the, the the hands behind the bars you could be a proud owner of one of these masks there are two designs and outer caps available the caps are, i think 50 bucks these are i think 35 it's nothing nothing and if you're watching from over season it was like 10 pence or something go to shop.outer.co.za the address is on the screen now to get your own orange mask okay let's start off with you know i've actually got a question i want to put to i think i put this question to wayne before we get to um the the topics tonight but you know i was uh, i catch an uber when i come to the studio it's nice and convenient pack the stuff in the boot and i always get to have a nice 20 minute chat with the uber driver on the way and it, it, without fail, every single week, we end up, doesn't matter how the conversation starts, where you're from, how things going, within a minute or two, we start talking about the country. 
the state of the country, corruption in South Africa, what's being done about it. And this is every single week that I have this conversation on the way to the studio. And tonight I was chatting to the gent who was driving me. And he was just shaking his head in despair saying, Tom, I don't know if we're ever going to get rid of corruption. It seems as we deal with one issue, another one pops up, another name pops up. Today we saw Zizi Kodwa being implicated at the Zondo Commission. And you just want to put your head in your hands and go, not again. Uh, and, it, and it seems that corruption is pervasive in this country, not limited to the big names, but it is almost endemic in the systems that run and control South Africa. Wayne, the question is blunt, it's simple. Are we going to beat this? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I've always said that if you if you don't believe you will, then you never advance this, this, this project, so to speak. Um, so we can never say we won't beat it. But I think corruption has been around for centuries. Not, it's not a new thing. It's not a Zuma thing. It's been around a long time. It's the extent thereof that we need to, that we need to reduce. And, and I think what's happening now is really, really good stuff. Uh, I can tell you on this show uh, and, and, and throughout the last few years, the despair and the frustration and depression and the comments that well, nobody will be held accountable. You're wasting your time out of why you're laying these charges in 2000, uh, 2017, 2018. Well, that hard work is starting to pay off now because this is not a uh, one-day game. This, uh, this takes a long time. And um, even recently, you know, people are saying Ace will never be arrested. Well, he has. He's been charged. He appears in court in February. And all the evidence that is there, I can assure you, is extremely strong. The, the hawk and the, and the uh, NPA will not lay the charges that they are laying now on, uh, on frivolous grounds and, and, and weak cases. So um, things are happening. And, uh, and as you heard now, EOH, and this is so good to see Stephen Collar turning that organization around, a billion rand uh, lost to corruption in that organization, in their tenders and that. He's wiped out. They've taken out the directors. In fact, they should go and charge them. But he's starting to expose what was happening. And I, I'm excited. I, I, I really do believe that. And I've said it a number of times. If the rule of law flows, with all the evidence that is coming out of the Zondo Commission, and believe me, Zondo Commission is not a waste of time, uh, a lot of people, a lot of very wealthy people, are going to jail and have already started being rounded up. So this is the price. This is, this is what happens when good active citizenry starts to take hold and the work and the foundations that have been laid years ago, start to see the house of anti-corruption being built. And I could go on, Tom, there's, there's a lot that is going on right now, and we're excited at art. Good to hear. Let's move on to our first topic tonight, which is an update on the Dudumieni matter. Uh, we'll bring you up to speed with a very short summary of, of, of what's happened so far. Uh, the South African Airways Pilots Association, along with Outer, uh, went to the High Court to ask the court to declare Ms. Mieni a delinquent director. You followed that in the media and on the Outer Hour. We gave you regular updates, and uh, Judge Tolmay ruled in Outer and uh, to SA Airways Pilots Association favor and declared Durumieni a delinquent director. However, we did say at the time, and it was expected, that there would be appeals, and that process has been running. And the judge heard three appeals on Thursday and Friday, that's the 19th and 20th of November, 
uh, and we want to unpack what these appeals were, what, were the th what three applications were these, and where is the case going. So let's start with Stefani Fick, Head of Accountability at Outer, and ask Stefani the first question. So the judges heard these uh, three applications. Now, I, you know, when I read the media reports, I didn't see three applications. You're going to have to take us through that, Stefani. What three applications were these? Okay, so <clears throat> yet again, trust <clears throat> Miss Miemi to just complicate actually a, a, a very easy um, process. So I think everyone will be reminded, you know, she was declared a delinquent director. So then she decided, obviously, um, she's not happy. So what you do in, 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 in terms of procedure is you need to apply to the court, in other words, the court that found her to be a delinquent director, for leave to appeal. So she needs to ask Judge Tomei whether she can appeal that judgment of being a delinquent director. Mm -hmm. We then decided that seeing that we know that Ms. Miyeni um, sort of does exactly what, you know, Zuma, um, or did exactly what Zuma does, uh, did, um, is, you know, wasting time. And, and, and we believe that she will take this appeal and I think her uh, legal representative said it, it's going to take this appeal right through to the Constitutional Court. But you know what? In the meantime, this woman is still sitting, let me be respectful, Miss Miemi is still sitting on, um, you know, boards. And for example, she's sitting on a, on a, a state-owned entity board, simply. So we were a bit worried that, um, you know, if, if she's more than welcome. That's part of our, uh, our system. She can appeal. But she should not be a director while she takes this through the appeal process. So we brought an application. It's just in terms of the um, 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 Superior Court Act. We call it an 18, an, a Section 18.3, which is asking the court, please consider exceptional circumstances in this case. And please, we want execution of the order. So what we are saying is, please, she must be declared a delinquent director while this process um, continues. Because in civil matters, the minute you appeal, um, the order is sort of placed on hold. Um, so uh, we are asking the court to please tell her that she is a delinquent director while she appeals. Then, literally at the 11th hour, she then decided that it's necessary for Judge Tolmay to take um, note of Ms. Quinani's um, um, testimony at the Zondo Commission um, about the so-called meeting with Alta. So she brought an application that the, that Judge Tolmay should take cognizance or should listen to this recording because she feels it's important. So that's it in a nutshell, the, 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 the three applications. Uh, and what do you think the outcome of these applications will be, Stefani? Well, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm not even hopeful. I'm quite convinced that um, Ms. Mieni will not get leave to appeal. I think the, the judge may gave a very good judgment. And Alta presented, you know, overwhelming evidence of why Ms. Mieni is a delinquent director. So I am very positive that the court will not grant her um, leave to appeal. She will, she can then approach the Supreme Court of Appeal for petition, we just, you know, because the judge has shot her down. Um, I'm also convinced that Judge Tolmay will seriously consider our 18.3. I think um, the prejudice that, that South, South Africa may suffer 
um, while this process is ongoing is 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 quite severe. So I think um, she will she will definitely seriously consider giving us the 183. With regards to the new evidence, honestly, did anyone listen to Ms. Quinani's testimony? Mm. And um, you know, it, it it was just all over the show. I think this woman literally brought um, Judge Zondu to tears. Um, and then to, to, to think that whatever Ms. Kunani had to say had any bearing on Ms. Miyeni's actions is beyond belief. But okay, that's our system. She's got a right. It's a democratic country. She's got the right to be wrong. But yeah, I'm quite positive that she presented a very good case um, and that the court will find in our favor. Stefani, uh, when will judgment be handed down? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a, a question to that question. Assuming, uh, and I think it's a safe assumption, assuming she decides to go to the Supreme Court of Appeals and may even take, try and take it all the way to the Constitutional Court, how long does this process take? So when will the judgment be handed down? And then how long do you expect to be fighting this fight? Well, it's... It, it literally is like how long is a piece of string? I mean, okay. um, it, it, it depends on so many things. But let's start from the beginning. Um, Judge Tormey did give an indication that she will try and give us judgment before the end of term, which is sort of let's uh, middle of December. But I think we were all at Edom. Uh, we don't think she'll give judgment. She'll probably give judgment early next year when the first term of 2021 starts. So, I mean, um, I think that would be reasonable if we can get it in, 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 in January. If we then follow this whole a, a, a appeal process, uh, um, unfortunately, it can take a while. But if she doesn't get leave to appeal, and she'll have to petition the Supreme Court of Appeal. Um, I'm also quite convinced that, she, uh, that the Supreme Court of Appeal will also shot, shoot her down. And whether she will have grounds to go to the constitutional court is debatable. So um, if, 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 if you follow my thinking, it may be shorter than we think. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, objectively, this process can take a while. Remember, wherever you are, you can put your comments to Stefani Fick, Faisal Davids, and Wayne Duvenage by putting your comments and questions in the comment section right below this video. You have the outer team on board. You have access to them. You can chat to them in the comment section and put your questions that we can post to them on screen in the comment section. So any comments or questions you've got relating to our topics, pop them in the comment section. We'll see how many we can get answered. Um, we're going to talk about warrants of execution in a moment. What does a warrant of execution mean and why is that important in this case? Uh, maybe perhaps Faisal Davids can jump in here. Yeah, I think let Faisal, Faisal answer that one. That's very attorney-like. So, um, Faisal, yeah, you go. <laughs> on your marks, get set, go, <laughs> Faisal Davids, yes. <laughs> Tom, can I just add on what Stefani said regarding the, 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 the appeal application that must be any foul? So initially, when judgment was delivered in May, um, the judge issued a directive um, in terms of time submissions when we had to file documents. And must be any never abided by any, and that's why we only have this matter out in November. It could have been ventilated much sooner if she had adhered to the directive issued by, by the judge. But be that as it may, um, it's been very exciting on the execution part. So I'm not sure if you all recall last year we were um, in court where Masmiani came with a delay tactics again, and they um, 
they brought two interlocutory applications regarding the non-joinder of um, SAA um, non-executive board members and outstanding. And both of the applications was, was dismissed with costs. Um, then we we had the bill of cost tax by, by, by our taxing agent. I mean, it went to the taxing master. And then Ms. Mieni was ordered to pay us the sum of 115,658 cents, which she then failed to make payment. We sent a letter of demand. She failed to make payment again. And then we issued a warrant of execution, which means that we attached the, the any of our immovable assets to the monetary amount that's owed to us. Okay, and uh, and 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 is a warrant of execution a civil matter or is it a criminal in nature? No, it's it's a civil matter, um, Tom. So because it's a civil because it was in open, like a civil matter, declaring must mean a delinquent director. It's it's, it's civil in nature. Uh, and tell me, Faisal, is um, you know what's the latest on on this warrant? Do you expect to be able to take action on this warrant of execution, or do you expect uh, some some pushback on it? <laughs> So it's been it's been rather interesting, Tom. Um, on the twelfth of November, we advised, well, we, we instructed the sheriff to go to Miss Mieni's property to go and um, attach her goods. This was also the week she was uh, testifying at Zondo, so we weren't sure where she was. Um, the sheriff rocked up at the house. He says there was no activity of any sort. He then called Miss Mieni on her phone, and they arranged that they would meet on the 23rd of November for him to come and enter premises. That was this Monday that passed. Um, Ms. Mieni, um, our the sheriff then went again on the 23rd. Ms. Mieni wasn't present. She says that she's she's in quarantine because she's coming to contact with COVID, or someone that, that had COVID. And she undertook to pay the sheriff um, and that she'd send proof of payment by close of business on Monday the 23rd. Surprisingly, we got a, a proof of payment at around about one, two o'clock in the amount of 57,000. Um, that's half of the, the money she owes us. What was interesting was, was the deposit was made in four ways and it was made, it was a cash deposit of 200 rand notes. Wow. Um, okay. The share of heard from us since, so we will we, we, we most probably have to instruct him next we can attach a goods to the value of the other outstanding amount all right so some of that cost order has been paid half of it and you're waiting for the other half failing uh, which you, you you're going to proceed with the warrant of execution have i got that right indeed um we we, we will proceed and we will get that one Right, here comes our first question from Esme van Heerden. She wants to know, where does Ms. Mieni get the money for the appeals? I think that's a quite an appropriate question after you, you've just told us that you know, the, the deposit was made in four ways with 200 rand notes. Uh, where, where, where does the money come from? Any idea? Hello. Um, um, first class for the person that takes here. Medical. From a Gucci handbag. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I, I think she's sponsored, if you ask me. Yes. Um, I mean, this was the whole argument. According to her testimony in court, um, here's, a, here's an interesting little tidbit. Um, one of the grounds um, for bringing an 18.3 is that you must be sure that there's no um, harm 
to um, to the person. And obviously, Mr. Bieni's legal team is arguing that if she can't be a director, then then she can't earn a living. But during our trial, Miss um, Miyeni went to great lengths to firstly place on record that she does not have money to come to court. And um, when eventually when she was sort of in a corner about, you know, um, this alleged money, and but what about the, the, the salaries she will, she called the income she received from St. Lake a mere stipend. So, but now obviously the argument against our 18.3 is now, but I'm not going to earn a living. So um, I, I do think that Ms. Mihaly has got more money than, than we think. And I think that she's got um, um, lovely um, sponsors, would be my guess. Right. What, what yes. <laughs> Wayne, any, anything to add, Wayne? <laughs> You know, it's just uh, it's just such a farce and a facade in the Stalingrad tactics that plays out uh, in this cabal. Uh, it doesn't phase us. Uh, we're in this for the long game, and uh, we just got to keep our heads down and keep uh, soldiering on. Um, she will, uh, you know, be held accountable for her transgressions. So yeah, it's um, it's fun and games. If we have to go and attach a leather lounge street and take a baton handbag or two for the rest of the money, that's what we'll do. Just another regular day for the outer team. Let's move on to our second topic this evening, which is an, another legal judgment, the, an update on the Central Energy Fund, the CEF judgment. If you watch the show regularly, you'll know this is something that Alta is shining the spotlight on. Some years back, our strategic oil reserves were sold at a massively discounted price. A number of companies were involved in this, and then an about turn happened. And uh, CEF decided, well, we're not, we're not going to sell, sell this. And then there was a court case. Some of these companies said, well, hold on, you, you've cost us money. Uh, and, and it, it went to court. Uh, and, and Stefani, perhaps you can just, uh, just unpack what the, what, that, what the judgment means. Uh, in, 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 in layman's terms, my understanding was that uh, the court said, uh, well, we agree that the, there needs to be some compensation, but it hadn't been worked out yet. What's the latest on this judgment that was delivered on the 20th of November regarding our strategic oil reserves that were almost sold at a massively discounted rate? Yeah, so, so Tom, this, um, uh, uh, the judge of the Western Cape um, High Court delivered judgment on the 20th of November. It's a 166-page judgment. It's, 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 it's really, it's, a, it's an excellent judgment. I think um, if, if you ever wanted to know, you know, strategic oil and, and, and oil prices and how complicated contracts can be, I actually invite you to read that judgment because he... He sort of goes into all the angles and, and a very nice judgment. I think um, Faison and I discussed it, and, it, and it, it really was a very nice judgment. Now, what basically it boils down to, um, and believe me, this became extremely complicated, but what it boils down to is we keep our oil. So all the contracts were set aside, and the decision by the minister was, was, was also um, set aside. So we keep our oil. We will give restitution. In other, in other words, we will pay over back the money that we've received for the oil and for um, the, 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 you know, uh, the, the costs that they paid. What is a bit of a downer um, is the fact that the court decided um, to, uh, let's call it 
gift compensation to, to some of the companies that was involved in, 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 in this deal. And the reason being that, you know, the, the, the innocent, because there were some um, of the businesses that were not quite as innocent. Yes. Because um, they paid pipes, they were, they were part of Gamedi's whole um, um, a, a bribery effort. But um, some of the companies were innocent. And we are also talking about hedging costs and insurance costs and all of that. SFF and CF, unfortunately, also weren't Speedy Gonzalez when it came to bringing this application and prosecuting this application and, 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 and making sure that the review, that's the review of the illegal contracts, actually happened expeditiously. So the court had to, the court at all stages had to weigh, you know, the interests of South Africa and the interests of, of, of business. There's always this thing about that if business wants to do um, a business with government, they should, they should know what's going on and, and, and be that as it may. So we are losing a bit of money. And at the end of the day, taxpayers are going to, um, um, you know, bear the brunt of, of, of this because that's where the money comes from. So all we can hope, and that's what we are now trying to do, is firstly advocate again for the fact that people need to be held accountable. I mean, there are no doubt, even this civil court, no doubt in this civil court's mind, that um, Mr. Gamedi received bribes. Where is he? Is he standing trial? Is he arrested? Mm. There was a criminal case laid against him way in the beginning. So what we will do is obviously make sure that the, the investigation directorate will get a, a copy of this judgment, will get a referral so that maybe they can um, um, expedite this, uh, Ms. Gamedi's, uh, Mr. Gamedi's prosecution. And then also what is a tragedy is that um, the court also found that the minister at the time did not apply her mind to, 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 to giving permissions for the um, uh, oil reserve to be sold and all of that. So what the court specifically said is that when people are appointed in positions, we need to be careful that the right people, people with the right expertise are appointed in, in positions so that we do not run into um, into into trouble like, uh, like this. Um, you know, so again, it's accountability. People should be held accountable. And it's not just Mr. Gamedi. I spoke to our, um, one of our uh, uh, communications experts um, who, you know, who assisted in, in reading the, the judgment and had to write a media statement, um, that there's quite a few individuals that was responsible. I mean, can you believe it that afterwards the board of CEF and SFF actually just sort of said, Okay, um, you know, the strategic oil reserves were sold. Um, maybe we should ratify it. So this, it was just a, a, an enormous amount of mistakes, illegal conduct, unlawful conduct. Good news? Yes. Contracts ratified. Bad news is we as civil society need to ensure that people are held accountable. Um, I see that. Uh, well, let me ask you this question. After the judgment was, was granted, what did the previous CEO and minister do? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you mean the, the, the fact that they wanted to become amicus or parties because they also changed their mind halfway through? Yes. Um, Mr. Gamedi and 
um, um, ex-minister Joma Peterson wanted to become involved in this matter because they believe that you know they may suffer reputational risk. I don't blame them because um, the the judgment was quite you know sort of scathing yeah. towards um, uh, you know the obligations that they did not fulfil and the illegal conduct. But the court, obviously, um, Mr. Gamedi actually um, uh, addressed the court. There was there was an actual application. The court said that your reputational risk is not enough reason for me to to, to join you as a party. So that application was dismissed very quickly with costs. And then the minister who brought a similar application then withdrew her application. Um, so um, you know, after all this time, this matter being in. In the news, and yeah, at the eleventh hour, they want to join because they are scared of what was going to, what that the court is going to say. Luckily, that was refused. Got it. Let's go to some of the comments and questions quickly. Devotion Moodley says this was a horrible and embarrassment, a horrible and an embarrassment to the chartered accounting profession. I'm assuming in reference to uh, Ms. Quinana's testimony at the Zondo Commission. Wayne, you've been quite vocal when it comes to the yeah. auditing profession recently. What's what 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 is your bone of contention when it comes to the auditing profession and governing bodies in South Africa? Well, um, I just think the auditing profession has let the country down when we see so much that has unfolded at Tongard, Hewlett, at uh, Steinhoff, um, and then within the state-owned entities. It's just, uh, you know, I think they'd be held into their uh, people that pay their, um, their invoices and they look away too much. Uh, they are embarrassed, and we see Uber having to up its game. Uh, I think Uber needs to, to play a bigger role in, in, in the oversight. Um, and uh, and recently, you know, Janita Johns, uh, who was the compliance and, and ethics uh, director at Tongard Hewlett, took took uh, the seat of CEO at Urban. Now, Urban is the uh, you know the, the regulatory body of of, of, of the um, uh, audit industry, and uh, you don't need to and you should not be appointing people with any question marks uh, about their previous conduct. So we have an issue with that, and we have uh, we're engaging with the board. But there's some old board members that have been reappointed who appointed her, and there's a bit of pushback. I don't think the minister's getting the full picture, and there's some infighting there. But, yeah, we've got a lot of work to do to fix the auditing industry in this country. Lady von der Leidgarten says, thank you, Alta, for everything you do. Uh, Dani Duval says, Stefani is such a fearless fighter. I'm scared to attract her attention. And as I was paging through the comments, uh, I see Wayne says, she's vicious. Scary stuff unfolds at our exco meetings. Is this true? Is Stefani Fick vicious in your board meetings, Wayne Duvenage? No, 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 no. She's actually uh, a good joke. We have, we have some lovely discussions, robust discussions, but all stuff that is so good for the organization's growth and its vision and how it attacks uh, things. So it's, it's good to have people like uh, Stefani and Julius and Sam and the team where, where we really do challenge each other. Uh, yeah, not, not so much vicious. That was a joke to Stefani. Please don't take the hold <laughs> did, of you, did you see her go, oh, when I said that? <laughs> Terry Lee Hewer says, these people are so arrogant. Are you ever surprised by the arrogance of the corrupt people who have been engaged in corrupt activities and the arrogance that seems to go along with it? I mean, you deal with this on a daily basis. Does it ever shock you? Who, me? Anybody, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, look, 
it it doesn't this 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 culture of impunity you know the beauty about the culture of impunity that pervaded the zuma era people thought that zuma would be around forever and you'd have their backs and nothing would happen to them and so they left their fingerprints their digital fingerprints all over the cookie jar they were so reckless and uh, so arrogant and so so um brazen about their conduct and now when we get the Gupta leaks, the Trillion leaks, the Regiment leaks, all this information starts coming to the fore, the photographs, the emails, uh, they are clearly implicated. And you can see today with EOH now uh, at the Zonda Commission uh, making very clear uh, allegations of, of stuff. So that this is nice when corporates start getting involved. You know, were you, were you surprised by the candid, the, the, can, the candid nature of the testimony today and spreadsheets including account numbers and, 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 and payments? Is that, is that, is, does that stand out when it comes to testimony at the Zonda Commission? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll let Stefani uh, speak about that. But, but we just love it. We just love the brazenness when, it, when now they sit back and say, oh, my goodness, you know, this wasn't supposed to come out. Uh, and and they are going to pay now. They're going to pay big time. But but Stefani, your your views. I mean, the Zondo Commission uh, evidence is just overwhelming. Um, I yes, it is. And I think um, I think we sort of finally. I don't think we have the whole puzzle yet. But I think what 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 the commissioner showed us is just how. Um, you know, corrupt state capture was, and that we really need a solution. Um, and I've just read somewhere here in the comments, we can have anti-corruption meetings, we can have anti-corruption policy papers, we can talk about anti-corruption and anti-corruption, whatever, until it comes out of our ears. If we do not start doing something and making sure it does not happen again, um, you know, we are just talking. So I think um, Judge Zondu is probably um, getting some pushback. I think we may not always realize that, but, but um, because they're all starting to dig in, 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 in mm. very, some very serious stuff. Now, although the Zondu Commission are not the ones that will prosecute, I think they, 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 they are in a, in a very important position, in other words, because I, I think they will clear the way for prosecutions okay. now. Um, so that the MPA can, you know, grab the information and go with 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 prosecutions. And the Zondo Commission, I think, is very important. I mean, this report that Judge Zondo will bring out, I think, will be extremely important for the future of South Africa and how we go from here in order to make sure that this doesn't happen again. I'd like to jump on board uh, Anton Wasworth's question. Because it's a question I've got as well. How do, how do they circumvent all controls? How do the corrupt get away with it? We were looking at this uh, Bushiri story recently. And millions upon millions upon millions of rands moving in and out of bank accounts. When it comes to corrupt, the corrupt in this country, they've moved hundreds of millions overseas. How do you manage? Because I can't see in the business I've got that I'd be able to move 100 million uh, to you know, split it between Switzerland and Dubai, for example, without it being flagged by the bank. How has all this money left the country? How has all this money moved around? Don't we have controls in place to highlight suspicious financial activity? What's gone wrong? 
Mm. Well, I, I think one of the reasons is that if you speak to money launderers, what they do is, um, oh, what is the word that um, our head of investigations used to say? But in any case, what they do is you, um, and what happened is they capture and Rudy can tell you all about it, is they transfer small amounts to an enormous amount of companies. In other words, say, for instance, uh, 100 million gets paid from, from Transnet to a um, company that now supposedly is going to do all these things for, for Transnet, but this is now a corrupt deal. Um, so you get your 100 million. Then you go set up, um, you know, a huge amount of little companies and you make sure that the money that is transferred is under the radar because people can do business. I mean, mm. there's legitimate business that enormous amounts go um, through through bank accounts. So that's one of the ways of getting money um, out, the, out the country. But the question is, um, should we look at our laws in terms of, um, you know, flagging, certain amounts and and the banks um i mean i'm reminded of one bank account i saw where just the costs that the bank got from you know the amount of money that went in and out of this bank account was over a million now you can imagine how much money went through that bank account so you know the banks are also making money um i also have to say with regards to controls is I think over time, although we have potent legislation, somewhere along the line, we don't necessarily have penalty clauses. Okay. So the only way that you can enforce accountability is a will to act. It's a will to take disciplinary steps. It's a will to make sure that people who act unlawfully or unethically is removed out of the system because it just takes one or two individuals to turn a blind eye to a process that's not followed, to make sure that you go around a process. For example, a parliament that is so busy discussing why they cannot deal with, with um, you know, a minister that has contravened ethic rules, that they do not get to the merits of, of, of a case. While we have ministers that acted unethically and or criminally, question mark, while there were ministers are redeployed in parliament as chairpersons of committees. Mm. That's how you circumvent mm. control. We're going to talk about the Zondo Commission of former Wayne, President. Z yeah, Wayne, do you want to chip in there? No, no, no. Let me get to Leonard Chester's question then, which is, can the testimony at the Zondo Commission be used against the implicated? I assume the answer is yes, based on your answer two questions ago, Stefani. I think you even clicked your fingers a couple of times when you said it will pave the way for NPA prosecutions. Uh, is that what's going on here? As the pieces of the corruption puzzle get put together, so it gives the picture and the details uh, for the NPA to act and prosecute. Is, is, is that what we want? watching unfold yeah so just understand that um in incriminating yourself may unfortunately not be used against you i mean our criminal law just do, do not make provision for someone unless you plead guilty that um you know there's certain rules when it comes to con um, confessions and admissions it's 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 um it's a mess but um 
you know, you do not necessarily need the incriminating evidence, the evidence that's there, the, the documents, the witnesses. You know, um, I'm, I'm quickly reminded of Cynthia Simple that, you know, testified about what happened at, at or, you know, all the brave witnesses that came forward to say, but this is how it happened. Uh, the witnesses are there, you know, it, it, they, the, the witness statements has already been canvassed. So it's then easier to build your case in order to prosecute someone. Definitely. Here's a question from mm. Leonard Chester that I'm going to throw at Wayne. Leonard uh, says, uh, sorry, that was the previous question. Let me move to the one I wanted. Peter Simpson. Peter Simpson says, I think Mr. President must be a very worried man. More than half his cabinet are criminals, says Peter. Well, I'm going to phrase that question a little differently, uh, Wayne. Uh, we know that mm. there are factions in the ruling party. We know that there are factions in political parties in South Africa. And we know that there seems, well, at least there seems to be a lot of pushback from a particular faction in the ruling party. Uh, and, and, and my question is, uh, how fragile do you think uh, the president of South Africa's position is at the moment. If uh, our president was somehow ousted or voted out or recalled, uh, what would that mean for, for uh, the, the, the fight against corruption in South Africa? And is that a real danger? Well, um, if a bus hit Suramaposa today and we had David Mabuza as our president, we'd be in a worse position than we were with Jacob Zuma. Let's make no mistake about that. But let's just go back a bit, you know, there are trade-offs. The ANC is a corrupt political party, extremely corrupt. And during the Zuma years, as I said earlier on, the brazenness, that uh, this culture of impunity that, uh, that, that pervaded the organization, you now start to see how many people in the ANC have participated. And, and I've said it a number of times, if the rule of law flows well, these people are going to go to jail. They must because they, are, they, they, they have uh, uh, stolen from this country. So how, how is he dealing with this? Well, he's, I think he's dealing with it very cleverly. I think he has, he has had to do some deals with the devil to get into power initially. Um, and he's then put in place the structures that try to fix us. He's, he's fixing the uh, SARS, the NPA, the Hawks, the SIU, and the list goes on, the assets forfeiture unit, and he steps back and he says, now do your work, good people. But those institutions are compromised, so the work doesn't come as fast as it should, and we get frustrated. But now we start to see the fruits of that. And I think what's beautiful is that the corrupt cabal are now turning on each other, and they're fighting with each other. And that's beautiful for civil society, because out of that washing machine of, 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 of backstabbing and, 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 and holding each other to account. Now, they do work that we don't have to do, go and do in scrounge, and, and stuff starts to come up. This is beautiful. When a, when a political party, a corrupt political party, starts to implode and turn on itself, and then they start to walk out of commissions because they know they are not the backs are against the wall. I can tell you what is unfolding now and will unfold over the next year is music to civil society's ears. And I think if Cyril, and he is getting stronger and stronger within his party, um, and if he can hold his ground and, and take a stronger hold of those reins, we're in for a good ride uh, in the next year when it comes to accountability.
The, the, the follow-up question, Wayne, is how do you respond to critics of organizations like Alta, Catrada Foundation, and others who are very vocal when it comes to corruption? Many people vocally critical of Alta, saying that you guys are Soro uh, 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 Ramaphosa's uh, uh, proxies, or you, 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 you love this president uh, to, 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 you know, to the detriment of all else. You don't focus on any other corruption. So we see this on social media all the time time how do you how do you respond to critics like that who say hold on outer is anti so-and-so and pro so-and-so we are anti-corruption and if people bring us clear evidence of the current president involved in corruption we'll take a we'll we'll take that on um so what it always seems like we always get blamed for stuff like that well you know, you're not going after Cyril. Well, what do we need to do? What do we tell us where we should go, uh, and, and we will go if you give us hard evidence, it's not hearsay. What we are going after are corrupt people in positions of power. That's our ultimate uh, mandate, and uh, and we challenge that and nothing else. And if uh, whoever it, it, it is aimed at, and typically we go for the people at the top, as high up as we can, and the next level down, and the next level down. And now we're getting into local government, so you're going after people in positions of power in municipalities. Um, and this is the journey that we're on. So we're nobody's proxies. Uh, we're not here to protect anybody. We're here to fight corruption. It doesn't matter whether it's male or female, uh, what, what uh, religion you are with, what uh, race you are. It is all about fighting corruption and doing it authentically and doing it uh, well. Leonard van der Leidgarden asks, what's happened to uh, Dudumiani leaking a whistleblower at the Zondo Commission? And let's start chatting about the, the Zondo Commission in the remaining time we've got. Uh, Stefani, we know that uh, Dudumiani released the name of Mr. X during her testimony. It caused a, a heck of an uproar at the commission. Uh, you could see that Judge Zondo seemed you know, visibly uh, flustered or angered by it. Has there been any sanction or will there be? Is that something that, 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 will, that will slip by? No, 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 no. Um, um, the the commission we've um, in 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 our meetings with um, you know civil society organisations and um, the commission is that they're taking that extremely serious, extremely serious, and that there will be criminal charges laid uh, against her. And they must come to Alta. We'll show them where she lives so that they can arrest her. Right. Let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, President, former President Zuma's spectacular walkout uh, of the commission just a few days back. Uh, do do these actions, uh, Zuma's actions, really matter, or, or do the Mianis for that for that matter when it comes to the the commission? Yeah, if you're asking me, I, I guess the reason I'm asking Stefani is, you know, if, if he's forced to to go back, he could just sit there and say, "I refuse to answer the question in case it incriminates me." I, I, you know, like I said, if you ask me, I sort of take that to a totally different level because I do think that this is not necessarily a criminal court or a civil court, but it is a place where you need to show respect. Um, Judge Zondu is not, you know, anybody. He, he was put there for a purpose. There's a commission. There's a purpose. There's a reason and a purpose for the commission. So by being this disrespectful from a previous president of this country, very important leadership, to just decide, and, and, and I think extremely disrespectful, and I think childish in the sense that I don't agree with you, so I'm going to 
take my hand back and I'm leaving. It is totally unacceptable. And what type of message does that send? What type of message does that send to our youth? You know, I, I'm maybe, maybe taking it a little bit too far, but I think people are seeing the commission and, and, and that will be the closest thing that they will ever get to, you know, understanding sort of court process, how the legal system works. Yeah. And all they saw was a president who said previously, I just want my day in court so that I can tell my version just walking out because he doesn't agree. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. It, 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 it really is. It angers me. Yeah. Wayne? But I think, yeah, I think, um, Tom, uh, you've got to understand that the evidence leaders lead the story. And, and if nobody wants to answer, Dudinieni or Zuma, uh, and they lead the story, he's going to make recommendations. He's got one side of the story. Nobody's rebutted those uh, allegations. So he makes recommendations. The NPA picks all of that up, lays charges, uh, goes to court. And if he practices the same antics in court, so well, I'm not going to answer the question. What do you think a judge is going to do? Well, he's heard one side of the story. There's no counter to that. Off to jail you go. Sorry, uh, Dudunyeni, Yaki Quenana, Jacob Zuma. It's beautiful. So I think they've been so badly advised. They're digging a hole deeper for themselves. And they think, they think that, well, if I keep quiet, nothing can happen. Oh, well, they, they are fools. They're absolute fools. Agree. Agree. Now, when we, and I was watching, and I guess many South Africans were watching the live proceedings as uh, they cut back to the commission and, well, uh, President Zuma was gone along with, along with his legal representatives and assistants. So the, the Elvis had left the building. Uh, and, 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 I, and I remember uh, just before the adjournment, uh, the, the President, uh, former President Zuma's advocate said, we're going to leave this commission, he told Judge Zondo, you know, we, we, we're going to excuse ourselves. And we're letting you know we're going to excuse ourselves. Uh, we also know that uh, Judge Zondo laid a complaint at the police. But I think a lot of South Africans were expecting a, a, a warrant of arrest to be issued. Why didn't Judge Zondo issue a warrant of arrest? Um, uh, sorry, Tom, I'm again uh, so involved in what the supporters are saying. Um, you, you will have to repeat that. No, I, I no do problem. apologize. Why, why, didn't, why didn't I see you uh, got some admirers throwing compliments at you at the moment? <laughs> well, look for them. There's some nice compliments there. Now, the question was, why didn't Judge Zondo issue warrants of arrest? I mean, that's what South okay. Africans were expecting. We were expecting a few days later there'd be a warrant of arrest issued, but there was a criminal com you know, a complaint issued at the, at yeah. the police. Yes. So let me explain the following. There's in, 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 in terms of the rules and regulations of, of the specific the State Capture Commission, there's certain offences. I mean, if you read the Commission's Act in terms, and the Commission's Act was made applicable on the State Capture Commission, um, is there certain crimes. So the fact that there's a criminal complaint being laid is all good and well. Very good news. Happy that they are taking action. But here's a, 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 a different thought, is that, you know, I, I think as a civil activist organization, you want that hard, you know, going after the, um, um, an individual, like, for example, our previous uh, president, um, Zuma. In a court of law, obviously that would not have been a problem because a judge would have just said, warrant of arrest, and warrant of arrest not for a crime, warrant of arrest for a witness, 
that decided to leave without permission of a court. Mm. So, um, you know, when, 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 when I was a prosecutor and I had a witness that said, you know, I'm not going to come to court. And, and, and although it's probably not a joking matter, but, you know, you have a choice. You either come because you received a subpoena or I can send the police. So then um, you don't have to arrange for transport. You'll be arrested and then brought to court. Why? Because you need to be at court for a reason. You're a witness. You need to tell the court what is happening. Now, to a, to a large degree, the commission has has the, has is in the same position, like Wayne has said. Why do we have this commission? It's for witnesses to come and tell the commission about certain things that happen so that the commission um, can be true to its mandate in the sense that he was instructed by the president to do an investigation into state capture. If each and every witness decides, A, I'm not going to come, B, I'm not going to testify, and C, um, I'll come and check, you know, how it is in the commission today, but if I'm not agreeing with you, I don't like it, I'm going to go home. Now, if that happens, all we're going to have is a bunch of criminal complaints at the police station. NPA is still overwhelmed by state capture. So how are they going to get to all these um, uh, um, you know, witnesses that did not pitch? Yeah. So how I the, the Commission's Act, read with the Superior Court Act, is that when it comes to witnesses, the Commission has got the same jurisdiction as a, as a judge in a Supreme Court of Appeal, a, a, you know, a, a high court. Okay. And in terms of the Supreme Court Act or the High Court, is that if if a witness does not come to court, you can issue a warrant. So I think in that instance, so the question is, even if you disagree with me, even if you say that, um, you know, uh, Judge Zondu or a commission can't issue warrants in order to make sure that witnesses actually come to the commission, my question is, why not? Why not give them that power um, in order to make sure that they do it. You know what? The, 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 the junior magistrate in a traffic court can issue a warrant for a witness that refused to come to court. Why can't the commission? Good question. Kara, so that is the yeah. Kara Rack says there's no stick. That's why he walks out. No teeth. Devotion Moodley says, ouch, we're in trouble, guys. Um, Stefani took off her glasses. <laughs> a bit of humor creeping into the show. It's the end of the year, and we're all tired, and we need a laugh, so it's nice to see that on the screen. Uh, Stefani, you are so funny, says Adelaide Machado. Uh, may we also know where she lives. I'd also love a Louis Vuitton handbag. Um, Donnie Duval says that all South African commissions are a total waste of time. The ROI does not justify their existence. Barbara Schillingall says Zuma's lawyer was arrogant, rude, and disrespectful. And Marina Mulberg-Smith agrees, says Zuma's behavior is disgraceful. He behaves as if he is above the law, and so far, he is. Um, and I'm scrolling through the comments as we look through them at the moment. Uh, they, they, here comes a good evening from Athens, and why not put it on screen quickly? Evening from a lockdown Athens. Keep up the fantastic work. Hello, Athens, and I'm trying to remember what hello in Greek is. Ella, Ella, there. 
Hello there, Tikanis. Something like that. I think that's the extent of my Greek. Greek. Apart from the Vasik Silo, which I heard a former business partner tell his kids a lot. Okay, we're winding down. The year's coming to an end. Soon people will be going on December holidays. What can we expect in 2021? Let's start with Faisal Davids. We haven't had you on for a couple of minutes. Faisal, what, what are you looking forward to in 2021 when it comes to the fight against corruption? Um, I, I think it's, it's all in everyone to walk down, Dom. I think now it's starting to get exciting. We haven't slowed down in the same way as we usually do. We've just been getting more and more work. So I think in 2021, we have more exciting things coming. And uh, same question to you, Stefani. What do you see on the horizon as we, we, we peer into 2021? I mean, I, who knows what's going to happen next year? None of us would have predicted lockdown last year, but, but, but what's your prediction? What do you see happening next year? Um, more heroes. More people that... Um, that is winning the fight against corruption. So the more accountability there is, the more, um, the more heroes we will see. In other words, the whistleblowers that, that says no to corruption and is willing to testify in order to get um, in, you know, the corrupt in jail, more corrupt in jail, which will make, um, I think, South Africa and South Africans the heroes. So I'm looking forward to 2021. It can, it can only be more exciting than, than 2020. And I think there are good things on the horizon. You know, but let me be a bit cheesy. Um, but it, it is the truth. Is that Arta, um, you know, does the work because we are supported by wonderful people. And I think we're going to be supported by more wonderful people um, in 2021. And we will be able to do even more good on behalf of our supporters and just South Africa in general to create a better South Africa. South Africa is going to be even better next year. Positive news yeah. from the advocate that everybody loves. Uh, Wayne, 2021, what's on the radar? Well, obviously on a negative growth this year, um, we are going to see some positive growth. But with positive growth comes positive sentiment. With the work that is coming to fruition now, uh, in the fight against corruption. Again, uh, I think we become a lot more upbeat. Um, and as a nation, I think our opportunities are, are quite big. We've got a lot of work to do to attract investment. Hopefully, uh, uh, some good uh, initiatives will, will come from the uh, presidency and other areas. The National Anti-Corruption Forum starts to take shape. Next year, it's just been ratified in, in Parliament. We're a member there. And Stefani sits on the... Uh, Health uh, Anti-Corruption Forum, Julius sits on the local government anti-corruption forum. So Arta uh, is playing a, in, in a number of places. Our, our, our testaments that we are putting to Parliament uh, is going to get more traction now next year. So, so I think next year is going to be good for the anti-corruption space. But let's not fool ourselves. You know, we cannot sit down. We cannot relax for one minute. There is a ton of work that has to be done. We'll be more innovative in the way we uh, get our message out there into the local government space. We've got local government elections next year. That's going to be extremely interesting. So uh, and then the Zonda Commission winds up in March, April. I think they'll get a bit of an extension because of COVID, but that winds up next year. So all in all, uh, folks, a lot of good stuff, but, but no time to rest because the hole just got a lot deeper this year and we've got a lot more climbing up to do and that means a lot of work. But South Africans are resilient. South Africans are extremely creative when it comes to 
looking hard at the stuff that we want to change and watch this space next year. Exciting things going to happen. Let's clean up some of the messages at the tail end of the show. Tonya Khoury, hey, out of Sedwana Bay, says, I think the commission has done us so many favors. Just look at Ace. So sad I joined the show late. What will happen to Zuma and Zondo? Surely he has teeth. Uh, Anton Bernardo, oh, there we go. There's the Greek uh, uh, greeting. Kalispera. There we go. Uh, Keith Sorensen. Hey, there's a wish for you, Wayne, from Keith Sorensen, who says, I hope that in 2021, Wayne has no bags under his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the sleepless the nights. Thing to do is, to, is to have an operation. They've been living with me for a long time. <laughs> uh, or join the club. I put, you know, I've learned how to put makeup on before the show, so just color them the same color as the rest of my. Uh, I'll, I'll come for a lesson. I'll yeah, come for a lesson. No problem. I'll send you. I'll, I'll send you some for Christmas. No, no, no. You want base and uh, and powder? We'll, we'll, we'll sort it out. No problem. Uh, oh, there's a lot of humor on the show tonight and a lot of playful poking. poking. Uh, Mercia Bortolosi, Bortolosi, is that Italian? Ciao, come stai? I pray for Zondo in South Africa. Uh, Terry Lee Hewer says, the citizens are more aware that corruption is out there. Things will pick up. They can't hide anymore. I, I think I, I would agree with that, Terry. Um, no. Peter Simpson says... Or we'll see if we can squeeze this in quickly. Can Stefani explain what in lay terms is happening with public protectors, possible removal by members of the ANC? Does that make any sense to you, Stefani? And could you respond to that? Yes, I tried to quickly. Um, I, I talk a lot faster than I can type. Um, so it, 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 the process is a bit complicated in the sense that, remember, the public protector can only be removed by two-thirds of parliament. So they had to look at rules. So... Now they've made the rules. And in terms of the rules, the speaker must appoint a panel that will look at the evidence to see if there's, let's call it prima facie evidence for Parliament to look at in order, is there enough for her to be removed? So the speaker must appoint this panel. And I think um, I was informed by, um, 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 I think it was Brendan. Brendan, it was a Jew that said that it's, hopefully the speaker will make that announcement this week. But the process... I said there, I think the, the way this is going, she'll probably finish her term before this is done. In the meantime, however, um, she she did take Parliament to court or the Speaker to court because she's not happy with the rules and feel that's unconstitutional. Obviously, the court gave her another, yet another slap, saying that um, basically that no. Um, and um, she's appealing that. And I believe that um, she was um, in court taking that yet again on, on appeal because she feels that her constitutional duties are being infringed. infringed. So in short, um, uh, uh, if, we, if we think away what the public protector is doing in court, we are waiting for this panel so that um, the panel can say, okay, Parley can investigate her incompetence. Got it. And I think that's where we leave it tonight. The hour is up. We run a few minutes over. Uh, that's a bonus for you. Boncella, hope you enjoyed. Uh, let's say goodbye to the team, shall we? Put them all on the screen now. Faisal Davids, Legal Project Manager at Outer, Stefani Fick, who is your Head of Accountability at Outer, and the CEO of Outer, a man who sleeps only half an hour a night, Wayne Duvenage. Uh, and everyone's making hearts. There we go. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Stefani. Thank you, Faisal Davids. Nice to see you. Look forward to seeing you soon. There we go. The team at Outer. Everyone in high spirits tonight. Isn't that nice? And I see Michael John Billsbury said, that was so rude. 
And I think I know what Michael was talking about. But I can promise you, uh, th this I can promise you, Michael, that I, I think I've known the ARTA team for about four years now. It's probably about four, going on four or five years. That uh, you'd expect when you walk into an organization that deals with these complicated legal issues, deals with the, the, the horrible nature of corruption, the scourge of corruption, you'd expect when you walk into ARTA and meet the ARTA team that you're going to meet these people. But actually, you meet South Africans of all shapes and sizes and cultures and colors who have got a wonderful sense of humor, who are passionate about South Africa, who, uh, who, who, who don't let the bad news get them down. And it's quite a remarkable quality. You can walk into companies and corporates and government institutions and see doom and gloom, but when you walk into Outer, all you see is positivity, a commitment to fight corruption, and, and happiness and an energy that is very, very difficult to find in South Africa. And so I will just uh, absolutely give Outer and the team an endorsement from my side to say that, well, well when I've interacted with the team at Outer, I can tell you that you're dealing with a fantastic, people, a fantastic team of people who, above all, have uh, hope and confidence and a sense of humor. Uh, and isn't that nice? And it came out on the show tonight. It's nice. I think we've, we, you know, we've hit the end of the year and everyone's tired. We're looking forward to December if, you, if you're getting a break and, and looking forward forward to a new year and hopefully better things on the horizon. Don't forget uh, that you can go to shop.outer.coza if you'd like to get one of these orange masks. There it is there. You can go along to that address, shop.outer.co.za, and you can go and get one of your orange masks. We'll wear it on a Friday for Orange Mask Friday, shop.outer.co.za. If you haven't visited Outer's website, go to outer.coza to find out the good work. You know, Have a look for yourself. Take a look at what Outer does. If you haven't really scratched below the surface before, outer.coza. Go to the address. All the projects are there, updates are there. You'll be surprised at the amount of work that the small team, it's a, you know, it's a small team of people, not hundreds of people, uh, do at Outer and everything transparent, everything open on the website, outer.co.za. Tony Peterson says, another lively evening. Thank you, Outer. Thank you, Tony, for being on the other side. And thank you as you press the button, the play button on the live broadcast tonight. If you're watching after the live broadcast, we get thousands of people watching after. Thank you for hitting that play button. Thank you for being an active citizen and thank you for joining us on the Outer Hour. Now, we will be back next week for another live show. Uh, and we invite you, wherever you are in South Africa or the world, to make a date with the Outer team uh, for 7 p.m. next Wednesday, another Outer Hour on your radio and on your Facebook Live page. So let's see you again next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Until then, stay safe, stay happy, hope you make a bit of money, love each other and be kind and all the good stuff. But most importantly... Come back on Wednesday next week at 7 o'clock. I'm Tom London. I'm your host of the Outer Hour. This show is put together and produced by Benela Sinatla. The head of communications is Samantha van Nispen. Inside the comment section tonight, assisted by Ivor Cleary. And you've had Rudy Heineke. You've had Brendan Slade. You've had Bronwyn Grammer. You've had a number of people from the Outer team engaging with you in the comment section. So nice to see. And let's keep up the good fight. The show is brought to you by Outer. And we'll be back next Wednesday. Until then... I miss you. I miss you already. Our fight to eradicate corruption, maladministration, unethical leaders, and the abuse of taxpayers' money by those in power continues. It's fresh, it's fearless, and focused. The Outer Hour, where your voice matters.